This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blah! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Movies with Moira and Shannon. I'm Shannon Penrod and I'm here with my better half. Aww, <laughs> do you want to introduce yourself? That is yourself? not true. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Moira Giamatteo and uh, I'm so thrilled to be here with Shannon talking about movies. Me too. Uh, and excited because we only have a couple, we have two more shows left before the actual Oscars. I want to say that we we are pre-taping this before the nominations. Uh, we're taping this on Monday. The nominations are going to come out tomorrow. So when you guys watch this on Thursday, don't hold it against us. Uh, we didn't know. Although we're going to talk about what we think, and then you can judge us to see how well we did. But anyway, uh, we've got a bunch of movies that we want to cover. Before we get to that, though, we have some business to take care of. We're on the Autism Network. You are uh, instrumental over at TACA. Tell the folks what TACA is and give us some announcements for TACA for this month. Okay. Um, TACA stands for the Autism Community in Action, and it's parents helping parents, basically, caregivers helping caregivers, sharing information about things that have helped you along the way. And the hope is that it'll shorten somebody else's journey that's coming up behind you, you know? And um, we have a lot of really great resources. And we just recently did a, a massive revamp to our website and it is looking so beautiful. Our team is amazing. And it was a lot of blood, sweat and tears that went into it. And um, we've freshened up content we've made it you know more visually appealing and easier for you to find things there's a ton of information on that website and um most every question that you would want to know about what does taka do and what can i get you know you know what can i get out of you know doing this with taka or looking into this is all on the website um the other thing i wanted to point out is we have something called the taka connect app and that is something that it's free to download on your phone. And we have a lot of content that we have in there, as well as we do um, parent panels or presentations. It's what we used when we did our virtual uh, conference. And then also we use it as a supplement to our, our in-person conference. And um, it's just a great resource uh, and it's a way to, way to connect and you can watch things on your phone. You can watch it on the browser, um, on your computer. And um, we have uh, a bunch of virtual events that are available. So if you look on our website, you will find where to download the Taka app, the Connect app, and then just cruise around the website. You will find a ton of info. So really, really super proud of both those offerings. Absolutely amazing stuff. And I frequently say that the Taka website which I've always thought as being perfect. 
I know there is no such thing as perfect, but I always say it is the best single resource for autism and for finding out more about treatments and different things above all. And that is from a person who's trying, always trying to compete. I'm never going to catch up to you guys. Not ever. And the fact that you guys took it and said, we're going to make it better just blows, blows my mind. Uh, so again, go to TACANow.org and check out all the resources, but also I did not know about the app and I'm excited about the app and have that as well. Taka Connect, which I know you, you have said, you just said that it, uh, if we go to the website, there's a place where we can connect to it as, there as well. So absolutely right. amazing. Wonderful. Uh, and we'll look forward in the coming months. I know you guys have a lot of stuff that's coming up uh, because you guys do amazing events and things that help support families. Uh, people can find that on your website, but you'll also be sharing news with us and giving those little tidbits. But check out the new website, you guys. It's thrilling. You could spend weeks and never see all of the things that they have on the website because it's that robust. Good job, you guys. Good job. So, but now that we've taken care of that business, um, it's time for us to answer the question, what are you watching? Um, I was making way too much of that. But in any case, uh, we love to talk about movies and we, there it is. Uh, and we've morphed this a little bit before we just would each talk about everything that we were seeing. Now we've sort of honed it down to a bunch of things we both have seen. So you can kind of get the two different perspectives. So let's go ahead and jump in for some of the movies that we have seen in the last month or so. And, uh, our very first movie, which I can't remember until I don't, do I have control or do you Traven to advance? I'm going to say that I do. I don't. Uh, but so our first, I can't even remember what the first movie is. It's Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, well, that's why I couldn't remember. Right. Uh, there, okay. <laughs> there it is. There, there it is. It the Banshees. Is. So Moira, tell yep. us about this movie. Well, this is a story about two close friends who live on a small island in Ireland during 1929. Um, I'm sorry, 1923. Um, Far off gunfire reminds us that there's a civil war taking place on the mainland in, in Ireland. And for no discernible reason, um, Colm, who is played by the fabulous Brendan Gleeson, decides he no longer wants to be friends with Patrick, played by Colin Farrell. And Colm is passionate about his fiddle playing and is often composing new tunes. And, and he's decided that Patrick gets in the way of uh, Patrick gets in the way of his creativity. So he gives Patrick an ultimatum that if, if he bothers him again, Colin will cut off one of his own fingers and then another and then another every time Patrick refuses to stop bothering him. Now, keep in mind, Colin is a fiddle player and uh, wants to follow his passion. So this just struck me as an ill-advised strategy, but He's what my mother would call bloody-minded. He is sticking to it. Um, and for me, I, this film kind of pissed me off because of the futility of the ultimatum. Um, but the interesting thing about this film to me is Colin Farrell's Patrick goes from a sweet animal-loving guy to a bitter and vengeful person as a result of the stubbornness of Colin, mm -hmm. you know, his decision. Um, so that's a compelling performance. Um, and then there's also wonderful, other wonderful people in it. And of course, I mentioned Brendan, Brendan Gleeson, who's fabulous. Um, Barry Kagan plays Dominic, who's like a rude kind of younger guy. And then you find out what a horrible home life he has, and it kind of explains his behavior. But he broke my heart when he realized that Patrick had become this unkind person at one point because he's like you were always the nicest guy on the island and now you're you're not and that was a very touching moment but um ultimately i found it really frustrating as a film and i kind of was like what was this oh and uh carrie condon is does a wonderful job as patrick's sister who basically tries to point out to the brendan gleason character how stupid <laughs> How stupid this is and of course he doesn't listen 
but um but yeah i just the destructive stubbornness was was a little much for me to take but what did you think shannon well i just thought it was uh one of if not the stupidest films ever made and the more time that goes by the more i feel that and the more i see it win awards and get nominated for things the more i'm convinced that there's some mass hypnosis going on um it's certainly got a lot of um attention even before it came out there were so many times that uh, we were watching something or we went to see a movie and the preview was running or the advertisement came on and of course the cast is killer and they all do really good jobs it's, there's no bad acting in this thing um it's just a stupid script directed stupidly sorry um that's how i feel <laughs> and, I'm, and i stick to it and of course, you know, I've had people, okay, there's, there's a couple of movies and we're not inter, we're not reviewing tar yet, but I, I think that tar is right up there in the stupidest movies ever made. But I find that when I don't like these movies that, um, people are trying to say to me, well, it's cause you didn't understand. Uh, and mm. I'm like, oh, no, I understood the juxtaposition of there's war happening over there and we keep talking about the futility of war and then we see it playing out in this small little ashtray between these two men mm -hmm. and how people get entrenched in these stupid ideas and they think they have to carry through on them and they're ill-advised. No, I got that. It was still stupid. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I really just, I, I marvel sometimes at how do these movies get made? How do they get all of these great stars? I thought Carrie Condon was amazing in this movie, but how do they, and I know if somebody said to me, oh, Shannon, you can be in a movie with Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, I would overlook the fact that it was an epically stupid script and I would do it too. But how do they get these people to do this? And then who says, yes, and let's spend billions of dollars on the advertising and we'll tell everybody it's not stupid. And then it will win all kinds of awards and people will say that it should be best picture. It should not be. It should not even mm -hmm. be included in the best picture category, but it will be. And haputu um, mm -hmm. is basically what I say. Yeah. It's, a, yes. it's a stupid yeah. movie. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that and I think you're right. I think it will be in best picture. And often I don't know, there's these massive advertising campaigns behind all these mm. Oscar or awards contenders because they know that it'll boost their their sales post yeah. uh, you know, post yeah. the award ceremony or lead up at least because people like us will go and watch it because yeah. it was nominated, right? So it's just frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Frustrating. Yep. So let's move on. Let's move on to our next film. And there it yes. is, The Menu. Tell us about that one. The Menu. The Menu. And actually, I'm glad you put it in this order, because in a weird way, I feel like the theme of The Menu and, and Banshees of Venom Sharon had a little bit in common. Um, so I, it's like, imagine if you get to have the best meal of your life made by the best chef in the world, would you go if it might cost might cost you your life? Um, one of the attendees of this very special dinner party is totally content to do so. It's an odd film. Uh, Rafe Fiennes plays chef, and uh, Nicholas Holt is one of the devotees of his art. Um, all of the attendees of this meal are brought to an island, and we're told that it costs an exorbitant amount of money per plate. Um, looking around the room, there are very wealthy folks. Um, some are super pretentious, some are trying to be super pretentious. We've got the trio of tech bros who, you know, and a self-important food critic and her minion and a movie star and his assistant, husband and wife. And then Nicholas Holt's character has brought a date along with him. This was not his original date because the, his girlfriend had broken up with him. And we can hardly blame her because he is... He is not, he's not very likable in this. And I actually really love Nicholas Holt. I mean, he's a good actor. So he made me not like him, which is good. Um, but uh, he brings the luminous Anya Taylor-Joy as his date. And um, it was it was really interesting because I, I compared the extremism, like I said, of the Banshees Vinisherin to this film. And they both are kind of about what are you willing to sacrifice for your art? Um, but I actually really loved this film and I would watch it again. 
I thought there were some many great moments and it, it builds to a darkly comedic crescendo. And I just found it very satisfying. I thought this was like a, a good meal, very satisfying and, um, and, and original. So, so I like that. How about you? So I have been thinking about you saying that the, the, what the two had in common, I didn't catch that before, but you're right. And I liked this better than Banshees of Inishirin, but I, I disagree with you on the ending. I felt mm. like the premise of this was much more compelling, much more interesting. I remember during Banshees of Inishirin, I said to my husband, well, we've seen the premise in all the commercials. Now, what are they going to do with it? And as soon as we knew what we were going to do with it, we went, oh, my God. <laughs> Why are we even here? <laughs> With the menu, it was kind of the same thing that, you know, you've seen in the, I'm not spoiling anything, it's in the previews that there's people, diners that are there saying, are we going to die tonight? And mm -hmm. so I, I thought that that was compelling, more compelling than, the, than somebody just not speaking to somebody else and deciding, you know, mm -hmm. to do things to themselves. But so I was on the ride and I love the cast. Again, great cast. Mm -hmm. Judith Light, who I've always loved. Um, John Leguizamo. I mean, these are like these amazing people playing these small roles. And I went, okay, like, let's strap in. This is a little bit offbeat and, and I don't know where it's going to go. And I felt like a good meal. They gave us a wonderful abouchemuse. We had the first course and <laughs> we were moving along. But I did not feel like they finished well. Um, dessert mm. was less than palatable for me. And I went, really? Like, you're going to do all that? And this is where we ended up? I, didn't, I, I thought it was trying to be something that it wasn't. And I was disappointed. I felt like I was waiting for some big revelation that was going to justify where we were. And I did not get that at all. And um, mm. to the point where I was mad at the end, I was like, mm. no, I, you know, I can see mm. this for this person, but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get into particulars, but it's, it didn't make sense to me at all. Mm. And um, mm. so it, you know, much better than Banshees of Inisherin. I certainly, you know, I enjoyed nine tenths of watching it, but the, it, they did not land the plane correctly. In my opinion. Hey. So there we go. Okay. All right. Moving on. What's our next All one right. that's up? Because I think for this one, this one I kept confusing with the menu. I think that our next one is the glass onion. And I think the onion it is. menu yes. uh, got me it's a little confused. Yep, there it is. Glass onion. Now, this is the second in what I personally hope is a multitude of knives out films, because I I enjoy this kind of genre if you will um i love i like the first one um and this one i felt was better than the first one and i can see this like a tradition like the agatha christie um evil under the sun death on the nile and you know those kind of things and like like an agatha christie um and her hercule poirot we've got benoit blanc played by daniel craig and he's the super detective who gets to hang out with rich people and solve a murder. Um, all of our characters are brought together by an Elon Musk type played deliciously by Ed Norton. Um, and they're brought to his private island for a weekend of fun and mystery. Um, and we discover that all have been invited except for Benoit. Um, they're all old friends of the Ed Norton character. Now he's the billionaire they all seem to owe something or all of their current success to. Um, what I loved right off the bat is Ed Norton uses some malapropisms and they kind of float by almost unnoticed, but it, it draws a subtle attention to his overinflated ego. So I kind of love that and it kind of underscores that he's actually not very bright, you know, even though he thinks he's very bright. Um, it also follows with the great tradition of Agatha Christie and that we get a rewind, we see what we didn't see before when the detective gathers everybody together and tells you, I know who the murderer is, you know, and I just found that delightful. I love that structure. And um, I'm, I'm happy to, you know, sign me up. I'll do it again. I think it was, um, it was a lot of fun. And honestly, I feel like there's so many dark films, bleak films in this collection for this year 
that this was just a breath of fresh air. It was like, oh, good, you know, you, you know. So I know you had a different opinion. <laughs> well, I will say I liked this. I did like this film, and I thought it was well worth the watch. And I definitely agree with you. I liked it much better than the original *Knives Out* mystery, which I greatly disliked. Um, mm. But this one, I and and I loved the cast of the first one. This one, I felt used the cast in a better way. I loved Kate Hudson in this. Oh my gosh, oh, the whole support that. cast was just delightful. I loved the whole opening of this when they they get their invitation to come to the island. I was just I was like I'm in. I love this. Um, the, I will tell you the thing that I did not love in this movie was Daniel Craig which I also did not love him in the first one. And if they could have done a Daniel Craig ectomy, I probably would have super loved this film. Um, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't buy the Southern accent and it feels completely wrong to me. And I, in the first movie, I kept waiting for him to reveal that he wasn't really this Southern thing and that he was something else and that that, and then when it wasn't, I was like, I don't get it. Why does he have this bad Southern accent that I don't believe? And, I, and it's not mm -hmm. that I, because I don't, I haven't watched any of the Bond movies with him in it, so it's not like I have this preconceived notion of him. I just don't find him compelling um, in, mm. in the movie. So uh, there's that. Um, but otherwise, you know, I, I liked it. Uh, I don't know that it's a movie that I would watch again and again and again, but I thought it was an enjoy, enjoyable romp. Um, super fun, loved the mystery element of it, thought that the script held water, which I did not feel like the first mm -hmm. one did. Um, so yeah, I, and, and if they do this again and again and again, if they keep getting these great casts, I'll definitely be up for the third one. I'd love to see somebody get in there and work a little with Daniel Craig. <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, that's my feeling. On that. Well, I, I think um, I've, read an article somewhere where Daniel Craig was talking about the accent and how they had this idea that maybe every every movie he'd do a different accent and um and I'm like hmm you know I thought that was an interesting comment and with you mentioning that I'm like maybe maybe yeah. that was an idea of like let's drop this because it's not working it's but pretty bad. I don't know I let it bad. yeah I don't know if uh if if Peter Ustinov's French accent or Belgian, Belgian accent as Hercule Poirot was accurate either. So that's know. true. That's true. And sometimes, sometimes, look, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad, but if it takes you out of it, then yes. you know, it might be the most perfect accent. I mean, we've seen some movies where people are like, but we did exactly what the person in real life did. And I'm like, yeah, it still took me out of it. Um, yeah. So, you know what I mean? So I don't know. It took me out mm -hmm. of it. So, uh, but otherwise, yeah. I thought yeah. it was enjoyable. I, I wouldn't, yeah. I, I, I would go to another one. There we go. Yeah. Didn't, I didn't Oh, and I it. have to say a shout out to Janelle Monet. I thought <gasps> she was oh. just a standout in this. I mean, in a cast this good, yeah. she was a standout. So absolutely. Hats I, off to her. Interestingly <laughs> enough, my husband in the first part of the movie, at one point, um, he said later on, he said, you know, I wasn't really loving her. Because I, I just kind of couldn't get a beat on what she was doing. And, he, and then something happens. And he was like, oh, I totally get it now. This totally makes sense to me. And, um, and then he loved her performance. So I thought that was really mm -hmm. interesting. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, there you moving, go. moving on, I think, as our next one, The Wonder, it is. It is. It is. It's The Wonder. And here's more bloody-minded people. Um, uh, I will watch anything that Florence Pugh is in, and I recommend that you all do the same. Um, and I hope she has a long and varied career. She's a very talented, talented young lady. Um, so the main story of this film is about a girl in Ireland who appears to be surviving without any food. There are those that feel this is a miracle, and there are those that want to find out the truth behind the mystery. Florence Pugh plays a, a nurse who's come from England to observe the girl, and she'll be sharing a shift, a 24-hour shift, with a nun that's given the same task. So right away, we're set up, this is faith versus science. And um, I was completely enthralled with this story, and being what I like to call a recovering Catholic, I was leaning towards Florence and science. Um, and also when we discover why the young girl is on this holy fast, 
we can't help but root even more loudly for common sense. <laughs> and uh, it hit a lot of my buttons about religion and shame and all the evil that can come from that. Um, so that I thought was well done in that regard. The odd thing about the film is it's bookended at the beginning and end where we're reminded we are watching a film. And there's a very one, one odd moment in the film where a character just breaks the fourth wall by staring directly into the camera. And, you know, I didn't think any of that was necessary, but it didn't put me off. Um, my husband didn't like the soundtrack. He found it anachronistic. I loved it. I thought the soundtrack was unnerving and it put me on edge. And that was sort of fitting with the overall unease of the film. But I know I, I remember you talking about specifically about these bookended things. And yeah. I love that discussion. But so what, tell me about that. So, you know, for people who don't know, I used to teach, uh, I was a college professor teaching theater, and um, there's this very Brechtian thing that they do at the start and end of this movie, that they bookend it and in a very Brechtian way, where we get to actually see the, the back part of the set, like where it's the plywood that's got the spray paint, A24, you know, uh, spray painted on it. Um, before we go, they, they take us around the corner to go into the first scene, and, and we get this narration saying, what you're about to see are a group of actors, and they're going to tell you a story, and, and they give us like an agenda for watching the story. And, but, but that it's actors who are, you're going to be watching the story with. And when we saw this opening, I got to tell you, like I got chills up and down. I was like, okay. You know, they're going to mm -hmm. do this. And, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I wish this film had been around when I was trying to explain Brechtian way of looking at things to, to, to my students because we were always explaining that Wagner, the, the opera guy, uh, I'm sure that's not the right term, opera guy, but he, he believed in the mystic chasm, which is you're going to sit in the dark and this, you know, this space in front of you is going to light up and we're going to transport you into this space and you're going to have this out-of-body experience. Whereas Breck said, I want you to remember who you are and I want you to remember that these are actors because we're going to utilize that to tell this story. Both are valid. Both are valid. But a lot of times people think Brechtian stuff is not Brechtian. It's not just weird. It's just a different way of telling a story. And I went, okay, we're... And then I just really felt like, except for a couple of moments during the film, it was wasted. It was just the beginning mm. and the end and those couple of moments in the film. And it was like, you, mm, you wasted an opportunity. They didn't, yeah, didn't they didn't anywhere. really go for it. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. having said that, the film was fine without it. The, the storytelling was really good I, I didn't need that, but if you were going to put that there, I wish you'd used it more, is all I'm going to say about that. But the storytelling mm -hmm. of the film is great. It's compelling. I mean, if you think about what the story is that they're trying to tell, it doesn't seem like it's very active. It would be hard to kind of look at it cinematically, and yet they achieve that, and you are compelled. And I think that the soundtrack is part of that, that, you know, the pressure of all of this builds about what do you do when you are mm -hmm. faced with a conundrum and you have a bunch of people who are blindly going to walk, you know, I'm, I'm, this is not a spoiler, but, you know, they're going to walk into the ocean because they believe, mm -hmm. you know, something and, and you see something differently and how do you, what do you do? And, and I, mm -hmm. I, I just feel like, you know, you were saying that a lot of the films this year are dark. I feel like there's a running theme through a lot of the movies where, and I, I'm going to say this and I'm going to take some heat for it, but I feel like the running theme in the movie is men are stupid. <laughs> and, and, and that it takes a woman to come in and go, this is stupid. And not all men, but, but <laughs> some men in general are stupid. And that it takes a woman to come in and go, okay, these are your silly ass rules. What, what am I going to do with this? And, mm -hmm. and I think that I resonated with me, fortunately. <laughs> and, um, and I thought that it was compelling. I'll tell you who's having one hell of a year and I'm going to get his name wrong, but Toby, is it Toby Jones? Who's, Toby Jones. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. He's having a hell of a year in film. 
um, because you know he's uh, he oh he's doing some good good work. He his performance in Empire of Light is not to be missed. But and he's good mm-hmm. in this too. And there's one other film that he's got out that we watched, and I was like, look at him having this year. Um, but anyway, I really enjoyed this movie. I'm not sure about why we had the bookends. I'd love to like have a sit down with the director and go, okay, what were you going for? Why did it fall apart? What was the hope? What did I miss? Why did you need mm-hmm. this? Because I don't think you needed it. Um, but if you were going to do it, why didn't you go for it? Instead of mamby pamby about it, but you know, it's certainly something everybody's talking about. I don't think that's yeah, a reason to do yeah. it. Yeah, but it's a good no, movie it's though. Good. It's a good. It is. It's a good movie. movie. Um, and I, it stuck with me. I think you uh, also felt that way. Did it stuck with you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that that young gal that that plays the oh. girl in question, amazing. 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 <laughs> amazing young actress absolutely brilliant uh thank you for uh, Mm -hmm. reminding us about her because she lovely lovely performance and those two women together on the screen man they tore it up great and some beautiful Mm. cinematography too holy moly yes uh so so love that okay all right, moving on. What is our next one? Ooh, white noise. Ooh, it's it's white noise. Okay. Uh, here we I, go. I love Adam Driver and I love Greta Gerwig, but I really didn't like this film. Um, apparently the source material for this film is a book of the same name and it was called Unfilmable. And I agree with that assessment. It's still unfilmable. Um, and, you know, sometimes I feel like you mentioned it earlier, filmmakers are trying to show you how smart they are. And like, you don't get it because you just don't get it. You're not bright enough or whatever. And I felt like, I felt like that was this a little bit. It was trying really, really hard. Um, and the summary is, and my summary of this is a little disjointed, much like the film. Um, there's some sort of apocalypse, uh, <laughs> like a pandemic apocalypse, like we've just been through. And it's 80s. And Adam Driver is a professor, and so is Don Cheadle. And I think Don Cheadle is a professor of Elvis, you know, an expert on Elvis. Um, And it's just odd. And I was super disappointed because I did like Noah Baumbach's other film, A Marriage Story, which also had Adam Driver in it. But this one was so out there, and it was too clever. And it, it just, it kept me at arm's distance. And I just was, you know, I just was kind of like, ugh you know, annoyed by (laughs) many points during this. So, but what did you think? Well, I think I liked it more than you did, but only parts of it. Um, So this is definitely a weird movie. Um, And I, I mean, it's very offbeat. It's, it's very Adam Driver, Greta Gerwig, Noah Bamba, Bamba, I'm saying his name wrong. Um, It's offbeat. And I was sort of down for that, knowing, you know, who these people are. And the, the language in the movie is so stilted that it's hard even for these great actors to say the lines because it's, it's just interesting and it's odd. But I loved the first half of the movie. I was really into it. And this whole idea of what happens at the start of a pandemic-like thing um, happening and how people look the other way, pretend they aren't seeing what they're seeing, how they, uh, you know, people are having symptoms only because they've heard on the news that those are the symptoms. And when the news says the symptoms changed, I found that hilarious. I loved the whole making fun of academia um, because Adam Driver is a professor uh, who's an expert in um, Hitler. And the Cheadle is the hit, is the expert in Elvis and how they're helping each other out and comparing Elvis and Hitler. I just thought it was so wacky, weird, tongue-in-cheek, making fun of, satirizing everything. I loved that. And then it was like they didn't have enough movie. And so... They attempted, attempted to take on how do we get back to normal after a pandemic and it all, all sharks were jumped and it fell to poo. It like, they just, <laughs> like, you want to watch a movie cave in on itself, check this puppy out because it just went 
and mm -hmm. and let out like a, a fart noise. <laughs> just, it just went nowhere. It just became so stupid. It just didn't even know where else to go. And I thought that that was a shame because I thought that there was some real promise. Um, but ultimately, you know, they should have just packed up their dolls and dishes and, and left off halfway through and made it a short film. Mm. I just didn't feel like, oh, it's just, it became excruciatingly stupid. Um, and, and, and at that point we were like, oh, I, I, I can't even. Um, so yeah, no, it, it definitely didn't land the plane, but I do think there's some pretty funny stuff in the first half of the movie, uh, before they lost their minds. Mm. Have you read the source material? Have you read the book? No. And now I don't want to. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You know, because like somebody else do that for me. I don't want to read it. Yeah, I have no interest because I don't, you know, it's funny because we were watching a movie last night and I said, is this based, is this semi-autobiographical? Because it's so boring, it couldn't be anything but that. Like, why would you make this choice in this film? Because it just literally, just driving it into the ditch. And, and, and in court, in fact, it was. So I do kind of wonder, is the second half of the book just a, it, like the author didn't know, and so Noah Baumbach, Baumbach I can't say it, um, decided that he was going to follow that? Because, you know, when you become the director, of, uh, you can take the source material and you can veer off. So I don't know who to blame, mm -hmm. and I don't care enough to find out, actually. <laughs> it is bad. It's just bad. <laughs> Just bad. There you go. All right. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I hold back from these things. Okay. So moving on, uh, I think next up we have, uh, we're in the land of guilty pleasure. Uh, Harry yes. and Megan. Talk about that. Harry and Megan, the Netflix documentary. I think it was, I want to say six episodes. And um, I know the first complaint that folks will have about this is this series is boo-hoo, poor little rich people, right? Um, but having been an admirer of Princess Diana, I was interested in hearing Harry and Meghan's story. And to me, they appear to actually be in love. And I remember watching in real time how badly Meghan was treated by the press. So that was of interest to me. Um, and I have to say the British tabloid press, I mean, tabloid presses in general are horrible, but they are a special kind of horrible. I don't know if you'll recall, they had hacked into, they got sued for this, I believe. And um, they, got, they hacked into a missing girl's cell phone to try to track it and listen to her voicemail. And that interfered with the ongoing police investigation to find this girl. And when they did that, the tabloids, they gave the girl's family hope that maybe their daughter would be found because there was activity on her cell phone. And then of course they discovered that she had been murdered weeks before. Mm. So that was just so egregious. And I, you know, there's a lot of other stories like that. So I, I don't have any love for the, the British press, but, um, and the way Diana was hunted and eventually died while being pursued makes it completely understandable that Harry would want to protect his wife and children from the same fate. Yeah. So that made a lot of sense to me. And what hit me most, the blatant racism, and um, that is just like, I don't know, you just think that people would hide those ugly opinions, but they don't. And um, maybe that's good. We know who they are. Um, but the fact that the palace removed all the security from the couple before they had anything else in place on their own, you know, for to pay on their own dime. In this day and age, I just thought that was reckless, dangerous. I mean, they were really putting a target on their on their backs. And um, the palace, apparently different press offices for each individual royal appear to plant stories with the press to sort of distract or make somebody look more sympathetic or whatever, it's really toxic. And um, I'm glad to hear both of them talk about mental health issues, Harry and Meghan, because they have this platform and much like Diana did, she used her platform to draw attention to important issues. And I think they're doing the same. I mean, ultimately, yes, they're living their, their privileged life in Montecito, but I think they're trying to 
to do something purposeful. And that that's like, I'm like, well, that's good. And there's a lot of other Royals that we could point fingers at and go, hmm, you know? So yeah. this, this was, I found it compelling and I was interested. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I, I you know, it's funny when we, cause we've now started telling each other, although I've been really bad this last week, Moira, I got to catch up with you on all the things I've watched, but we usually text each other and tell each other when we've watched something so we can figure out what we're going to review together. And I almost, I, don't, I, think, I, don't, I think it was me that wrote first and said, yeah, and I watched Terry and Megan, and I almost felt like, oh, you know, I'm a little embarrassed <laughs> to say. Uh, and then you were like, oh, I watched it too. And then I thought, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> because it felt like a little bit of guilty pleasure and a little bit of voyeurism. But look, we, were, we had images of them and stories about them thrust at us without us being asking for them, right? And as, mm -hmm. as she says, you know, don't you want to hear the story directly from us? Now, you know, I think we're all adults and we know that, you know, everybody has their own perspective and that what, what it feels like to you feels like to somebody else. So, um, I thought it was really interesting the, I thought the most interesting parts of it were later in the series because in the first part of the series, it was so beautiful and so lush and to hear their love story and to see these pictures of these two beautiful people. I mean, she's stunningly gorgeous. Come on. And um, to see all these pictures of the two of them and, you know, uh, pictures on the day that they got engaged and they're just like these wonderful, I mean, amazing pictures. And I always think, okay, but who took these pictures? Who is the photographer? Because when you're this much of a public figure, you have a public photographer, you have a photographer who's assigned to you who goes everywhere. And maybe you tell them, leave at a certain time, but there was a photographer there taking these candids. Um, mm -hmm. And that that's a certain, you know, if we all had photographers following us and we could look through 7,000 pictures of each day, we could pick one where we all looked good, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and, yet there's an awareness of, oh, we're being photographed right now. So I really thought that where we really got to see who they are and like what kind of a dad Harry is, is after they've moved to Tyler Perry's house to seek refuge because the palace has abandoned them. Um, and, and thank God for Tyler Perry. Can we say that? What a mensch <laughs> that he was like, my mm -hmm. home is open. You come be in my home. And they hid out there before the pr press found out about them. But, um, then all you have are home movies. Then you have the, the, you know, the selfies and you have all the things that were taken on the phone. And there's this great, great video of uh, Harry using his, you know, uh, luggage and putting Archie on top of it and, and doing wheelies around the living room. And I thought, okay. Or, or mm -hmm. them just playing outside. I felt like, oh, that's what I wanted to see, who these people are aside from all this BS. I think that they're in love. I hope that they're in love. I hope that they can make it last. Like you, I was a big Princess Diana fan. And I, all, I, I, I didn't realize that the name of his book is Spare, but all I remember from when he was born was when they said, an heir and a spare. And I, I was probably, I don't know, in my early 20s. And I said, that's just terrible. Why would you mm -hmm. ever put that, this poor child, what is going to become of him? And there were many years that I worried about what is becoming of him. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm glad I think he's, I think he is standing in his truth. I think he has stood up to power. That is never easy. I think he has very effectively prioritized his family and his actual family, his chosen family, and said, I'm going to choose their safety because this is Meshuggah. All of this <laughs> stuff that press does, and I'm not going to, just because I was born into it and everybody has told me my whole life, this is how we do it, I'm not accepting that. And I say, God bless that. And, and I think that they should be paid for telling their story. Just like I think if you were to come forward and tell everything that's ever happened to you, I would want you to get paid for it too, for having yeah. to put yeah. up with what you have to put up when you are in the spotlight. Um, right. And yeah. And, and that, that level of, of security for that level of safety they would need is not, not cheap. You exactly. know, that's, that's uh, not just, Oh, I'm living in a gated community. It's, 
you've got to have bodyguards and yes. you know 24 7. yeah you know it's yeah. everybody's been freaking so, out i think there was like reports that they got paid 10 million dollars to do this series and and mm -hmm. i'm like and everybody's like oh that's so much money I mean, come. I mean, people who did a half-hour episode of Friends got paid a million dollars to do that for thirty minutes. Come on, it isn't that much money. And and considering that they're using it to make sure that they're okay, I think everybody mm -hmm. needs to grab a whoopee. Yeah, in, including yeah. the people in the palace. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing because, like, you know, one of the things they brought up in the series is that. They were they kind of the palace or whoever the people in charge um, blew an opportunity because here they had this princess who was a woman of color and the empire <laughs> is a lot of countries filled with people of color and it seemed as though they Harry and Meghan were willing to be ambassadors towards that and and that's very problematic I mean uh, you know there were folks that sadly were cheering that the queen had died because you know, empire building is not without horrible oppression. I mean, it just yes. is. So I felt yes. like, gosh, you've got this person that, you know, well, whatever. It is what it is, right? But they're you so, know, they... it seems like they're so driven by popularity and the popularity mm -hmm. of the actual crown. Um, mm -hmm. and, and this whole idea that one press office you know, we, look, we know this is true across everything. If a story is about to come out, we see companies and celebrities say, don't run that story. I'll give you a better one. Um, mm -hmm. So there's no doubt in my mind that that went on um, and that, you know, why would you want to be a part of that? To constantly be sacrificed on the altar of everybody else, everybody else's agenda uh, when you are the spare. So I think it's good, and, and as you said, they're going to use their notoriety to go and do good things, and that mm -hmm. that is a good thing, um, and to be good parents. I so I yeah. I so we that. so we don't need to feel feel guilty. No, <laughs> about watching no. the series. <laughs> and it was it was very uh, enjoyable to watch. So, and I can't wait to see what happens with them. So we got a couple of minutes here. I think that's the last of the films. Yes, Draven? Yes. It uh, is indeed. But we have a couple of minutes. And obviously, by the time we air this, the Oscar nominations will come out. Um, but I thought it would be fun. I have a list of 10 films that I would like to see in the top 10 nominations, because I think it's vastly different than what is going to come out tomorrow morning. Um, but one last time, I want to, I want to say this because, you know, and then you can comment and if you have a list or you can say, I agree with you there or disagree, but, and, and I've taken the time to order them in, in what order I think they should go on, on this top 10 list. However, the asterisk, asterisk is that the last two on my list, I have not yet seen, but I definitely think from everything I've heard, they, they should be on the list and I'm planning on watching them this week, as a matter of fact. So, no. all right, there you go. My, yeah, I'll let you run this and okay. I'll jump in with my comments. <laughs> okay, so my number one that I think very likely of the eight mo movies that I've included on here, uh, I think that it should be best picture. I think it's the slam dunk is everything everywhere all at once. I think that it is a feat in, in filmmaking and that it should be on that list and I think it should be at the top of the list. You are, mm -hmm. where are you on that? Agree or disagree? I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. It was one of my favorites in amongst all the things we watched. It was so unique. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I, I just, I watched, I saw it, I think we rented it before it was, I don't know if it's readily available now, but we rented it and I watched it again. Cause you know, you have it for 24 oh. hours. I watched it again. Cause yeah. I was like, oh my God. This yeah. is so good. So yes, I'm with you on that it's one. It's amazing. And it ticks all of the boxes for me. Uh, I, I love the message. I love the way they told the story. I love how madcap it was. I love that the two, you know, for me, uh, female characters are over the age of 50. Hello. <laughs> um, and that they are a very empowering uh you know, and as both as actresses and the roles that they play and that they showed many sides of that. I mean, the hot dog fingers slay me, just slay me. Uh, we laughed, you know, we got emotional. It was really a fun ride. Now, my number two film 
is uh, a foreign film, which I suspect will be uh, right up there in the foreign film category, but I was amazed that it didn't win the foreign film category at the Golden Globes, but it better be in the top 10 list, or I'm telling you, somebody needs to hold my purse and my earrings, because I'm going in. RRR, I think one of the best films of the year, blew our doors off. It was, everybody keeps asking me, what did you like about it? And I say, epicosity. Uh, <laughs> they're like, what does that mean? And I go, go watch it, and you will know exactly what I mean. Agree or disagree? Agree, you, we, are, we are two for two. I okay. loved RRR. I was, I'm like, was what? You know, it only got, uh, I think it got noticed for the, the, the dance number, the song, yeah. Natu Natu, that, that was uh, that, at the Golden Globes. Yep. And I, I just, I was blown away by this film. Yep. And it's a long film, but it's yep. a, it didn't feel that way to me. I was completely, it was like a Marvel film, but it, in a different world, you know, but yeah. I still felt so connected and, oh, it was wonderful. I, yeah, I, I I'm with you. I okay. hope they recognize it. My number three film, which is a little controversial, was Triangle of Sadness which I think mm. this is this beautiful gem. We have not yet reviewed it, but I loved that movie. It is, it is weird, it's odd, and it doesn't follow the typical format of a film, but I'm telling everybody, you gotta watch that movie. Uh, it is ah, so good and has stuck with me in so many ways. Uh, love it. Now, have you seen Triangle of Sadness yet? I did, and we're not going to agree. Wow. <laughs> so when we talk about it next time, okay. it'll All be, right. I'll come prepared. I'll come okay. prepared with my reasons. All right. But yeah, I did, I did just watch it. So Okay. All right. There we go. Uh, my fourth film, which has been just completely ignored by everyone, is 13 Lives. Uh, the Ron Howard film about the kids, the, the soccer team caught in the underwater cave with Colin Farrell and Viggo Mortensen. Oh my goodness, what a good film. What a nail biter. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And nobody's paying any attention to it. So I gave it love at number four. Did you see it, Moira? I did and I did like it a lot. And I, it kept me on the edge of my seat. And it was it was so well done in, in explaining to you because I, I, I didn't understand when it was all happening. I'm like, oh God, I hope they have those kids. Yeah. but you didn't understand how the the logistics of all of it of and the and actually that was one thing you know Apollo 13 was also directed by Ron Howard and he did a great job of helping you understand without like we're just going to explain it all to you i mean exactly. it, it it was well done well acted um and honestly uplifting which, yeah. you know, like I said, and, and maybe that's it. Cause like the ones I'm liking are more uplifting. You know? yes. Maybe I yeah. need a little joy. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Well, my number five is Empire of Light, um, mm -hmm. which I don't think is the best picture but I think it needs to be included in the best picture. There are all these films this year that are about what it's like for male filmmakers growing up with their mothers who were, you know, a little loop-de-doo. Um, I've said, I, I have such hope for my son because clearly I have set him up well to be a filmmaker because I'm his wackadoodle mother. But of all the films that feature this theme, and there are way too many of them this year, um, I picked this one. I think this is the best one that does the least sentimental view of the mom and of the time, largely because the character of the filmmaker is not in the film, um, mm -hmm. which I appreciate. But it is an homage to his mother. And, and the other thing is, is these homages to film. Spare me mm -hmm. how much you love film, whatever. Um, I, I don't need to see that. But Empire of Light, I think it's I think it's good. I think it's a great movie. Um, Olivia Coleman, Colin Firth, uh, oh Toby Jones, who's, who's Toby Jones, yeah, you should mm -hmm. not miss his performance. Yeah. It like literally stops the film. It's one of those kinds of performances. So Empire yeah. of Light, have you seen it yet? <laughs> I just saw it last night, and okay. I I really did like it. Um, and it I felt like it it walked a, a fine line 
about in, about the the racial issues that was going on at the time that this it, it, it did that well because sometimes that can be clunky and it and and, yeah. and or not fully realized and when we talk about it in depth we'll right. we'll, we'll definitely I'll take that talk one about on that. next month but that yeah i it was it was good it was very good and i think well olivia coleman you know yeah. Yeah. what are you gonna do she's fabulous <laughs> you know? right so my number she six is. and this is the shocker on the list but it's actually on the list top gun uh, nobody is more surprised than I am because I was avoiding it, boycotting it, whatever. It was really good, and I think it was some good storytelling and some good cinematic uh, stuff. I feel like it deserves to be in the top ten. If we're going to do ten nominees, I feel like it belongs. It has a place. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you want to say? Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I watched the original back in the day, and you know, I think I was uh, I was the this strange punky friend of my my uh, very conservative friend and she was like oh tom cruise is so handsome yeah. and i'm like yeah. who's that Iceman guy you know and i yeah. was way more interested yeah. in him but i and i just felt it was very like propaganda like oh fly planes yeah. shoot people down yeah. but i've heard nothing but fantastic really feedback good. about this film i i was upset that kelly mcgillis didn't reprise her role which i'm like why not um and she herself was like oh no you know and i'm like no 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 why can't you be the love interest exactly you know i mean it, it just yeah exactly. i i don't know but yeah, that, I you know so way. i will I'll, I'll give it a chance i will okay. i'll give it a shot i just have to have to gear myself up for it there we go <laughs> now my number seven is the wonder which we just talked about and i felt that it deserves yes. my number eight which i know for sure you're going to disagree is that i put pinocchio but guess what the disney one not that hot put to del toro one that i really hated um so okay. the disney and then of course my nine and my ten i put black black panther and avatar on there i i'm gonna get to them this week um but I, I believe from what I've been told that there is a place for both of them. But let's notice that I don't have that uh, horrible Banshees of Inishirin Haputu on there. There is no tar on this list. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And there is no Babylon on this list. And there's no <laughs> Fablemans on my list. And that's what I have to say about that. I know that there those you things go. are going to be there but I'm going to throw up on them when they are. Okay. That's what I want. <laughs> they are. Well, I have a few, I have a few, I would add probably substituting a few that you had. Okay. Um, I loved, she said, I thought she said mm. was great. I felt mm. like it was in the vein of, um, of, uh, all the president's men and you know, mm. it, it, uh, and I loved the subject matter and I loved the actresses and the fact that they were both moms and trying to figure out, all of that we don't always see that so that was wonderful wonderful to see great cast um and then i loved almost a companion piece to that women talking which mm. felt almost like a play um and i i don't know if i tried to look to see if it had been a play but again fantastic cast very interesting and um yeah it's a the conversation of like the the world post me too movement and, and what I'm does that mean? I'm looking forward to seeing that one, but I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, I liked it. I don't know that it's getting as much buzz as the other things uh, that we've spoken of, but uh, it deserves to be there, in my okay. opinion. Okay. Uh, another thing that deserves some kind of nod, um, and maybe only it's to Bill Nahi, is um, Living. Mm. Uh, we watched that, and it it was wonderful, and it's it's a, a, a small little gem of a movie. And um, I liked that. I liked the, that it wasn't this big epic thing. I think, you know, and it was very personal and small, uh, uh, focused on this one man and, and his, his life and, you know, kind of the choices he ends up making, you know, when he finds out the, uh, what's going on with him health-wise. And it's, it's, it's lovely. It's absolutely lovely. Him. So I, I recommend that. Okay, um, I'm watch I that. Think I think that's it. That's those, those are the ones I had different from you. Um, but I, you know, I, R, 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 you got to see it. I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying. You well, I can't see wait it. to talk it's triangle insane. of sadness with you. Now I want to fast forward to next month because <laughs> I just don't understand why you didn't love it. 
because I loved it. Oh my gosh, I loved it. Uh, anyway. That's what that's what makes this fun. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and then uh, television-wise, when we get off, there's because there's a couple of things that I've been watching television-wise that I feel are more up your alley that I want to check with you if you've watched because uh, I, I want to know because I'm just going to say, have you watched Blackbird yet? I did. I think I covered it in one of our earlier oh, episodes okay. when we weren't watching the same thing. Got it. So I'd be happy to recover it because I oh. thought it was, I liked it. I well, found I, it really super compelling. And I yeah. could, I, you know, was watching it like this, but, <laughs> but I thought it was really good. And the performances are too um, yeah. crazy good. Yeah. But all right. So we'll but I know that's going to be, that's a struggle for you because you're not, you're not, you're a little more, uh, I'm more like murder oriented. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and I'm like, I have this many oriented. hours. Do I want to watch someone get bludgeoned to death or do I want to watch someone find their peace? I want to find, I want them to find their peace. Um, yeah. That's all. That's all. I, I'm a simple woman. Tell me a story and have, and have, you know, good things happen. And, and then I'm all there. I'm just all there. Okay, well, we're officially really out of time, but I just want to thank you so much for joining us to do this. It's so much fun for me, Moira. Uh, and thank everybody at Taka for all the amazing things that you guys are doing over there. Uh, and we want to encourage people, go to tacanow.org and check out the new website and also click on the Taka Connect um, to check out their app so that you can be carrying it with you at all times because it's different stuff than what's on the website. Mm -hmm. It's more mm -hmm. connected. That's right. So mm -hmm. you guys That's should right. do that. Moira, you are amazing. And uh, at some point uh, when all is well, we're going we're gonna to be able to do this face-to-face -face, and that will be even more fun. You'll probably- That'll be super out. cool. <laughs> You'll be you'll be throwing things at me, throwing socks and, and being I'll be like, like <laughs> how can you how did you, you like thinking? this and you hated this? How that makes no sense. That's what my son says to me. He says, he, you know, when we watch RRR, he always is like afterwards. He's yeah, I ask them what they think first because they know I'm going to have mm -hmm. a big opinion, not a little opinion, a big opinion. And, and he goes, what did you think, Mom? And I was like, I loved this movie. And he went, I am just so surprised. And I was like, what yeah, you, it, it what was, you, it's good storytelling. It's not yeah, hard to predict what I like. I like good storytelling. Tell me mm -hmm. a story. And I will mm -hmm. sit there like a good kindergartner. Um, <laughs> and I will enjoy it. And I will be transported and, and become one with whatever it is you're doing. But play fast and loose with telling a story and then you've ticked me off and and then i get irate and then i start thinking of throwing things at the screen mm -hmm. do you know <laughs> that people uh, traven was telling me that people have already started they've started having screenings of rrr that are like rocky horror picture show where people bring things and at one point they throw stuffed animals at the screen and oh that it's all this interactive, um, it's, uh, I, I think it's super fun. I'd like to go. I think that, that sounds nice. fantastic. Doesn't oh, it? I'm so glad. And I, I, there's, we discovered it because of the viral video of the dance number. Mm. And then we discovered that the, the, um, there was also this an amazing fight sequence and, um, and, and, it's it just each. Yeah. We'll talk about it. I don't want to talk about it now. We'll talk yeah, about yeah. it. We next haven't time. reviewed it yet. What am I saying? We haven't reviewed yeah. it yet. We'll review it. We next haven't reviewed month. It. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're out of time, but thank you guys so much for being with us. Make sure that you tune in tomorrow because we're replaying the, the new episode of stories from the spectrum. It's got good stuff in it. You guys, that'll be tomorrow. And then we'll be back next week with all new shows. So uh, until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection. Ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.